0: Hi, folks. I'm Bob Maine. Welcome to another episode of today's survival show. Uh, it's episode number 269, I believe. Yeah, episode number 269. This is a common sense prepping show. Why? Well, I don't go tin foil hat on you. That's one of the stigmas that people have of those of us who are modern-day survivalists, people that really believe in common sense. Isn't that funny? That's what this is all about. This is all about common sense, yet people make fun of it. That is because we've got a media in the United States and probably in other countries. I know I have international listeners, so it probably applies outside of the U.S. We have a media, we have a government, we have a general society that is building a system of dependency here. Uh, a system of dependency where they want people to be dependent on the government. And, you know, I'm not engaging in politics here because I don't like to get into politics on this show. I try to avoid it. It's, it's just normally not a real productive conversation. Most people either lean one way or the other politically or even if they're in between. You know, they don't want somebody else telling them what to think. So I don't do that. But it, it comes from both sides of the political spectrum we have a, a ruling class and a working class and I think that that both of those classes are trying to be enlarged and I, I really think that the government and the media are trying to enlarge both of those classes of people we got a, a, an elite ruling class and then we have just the regular Joe Schmo class and you know that's Those are the people that make fun of those of us who wish to be independent, wish to be prepared, wish to be free, wish to live like our great-grandparents and our grandparents did. Maybe even some of you listening to this show, uh, like me, like your parents did, because this is the way I was brought up. Even though I live in the suburbs now, I live in a major city in San Antonio, Texas. I grew up a country kid. I grew up on what I call a hobby farm. That was kind of the terminology that I gave it anyway, is a, herm- is a hobby farm. I heard that somebody somewhere else, but it pretty much best describes the way I grew up. We did not farm for a living. In other words, we didn't make money. That wasn't our objective, but we did sustain ourselves quite a bit. We were not 100% self-sustaining. But we grew our own beef, you know, we, we, we raised our own steers for beef and, and uh, we grew our own pork most of the time, uh, lamb, chickens, ducks, had a very very large garden nearly every year when I was growing up. This was all when I was a, a young person before I left for college and then became stupid. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it amazing how we look back on those days and we realize that we became stupid? Oh, well, anyway, that's the way it goes and that's what happened to me. But now I'm kind of coming back around, or I have come around, back to those days, trying the best I can in the suburbs of San Antonio, Texas. I'm a Yankee, grew up in Wisconsin, but now I live in the Great state of Texas and I I, I like it here I like it here all right so again it's a uh, common sense show I want to this week talk a little bit about food and water preparation and lately I've been taking a little bit of a different approach to food and water preps Unfortunately, I'm not much of a gardener. Yeah, my mom was when I was growing up. And she taught me a lot about gardening when I was young. And I've probably forgotten more about gardening than I learned. Which was a good portion of it. And gardening's just not my thing. I know a lot of you who listen to this show, Gardening is Your Thing. That's cool. I've had many of you on this show to interview and talk about your gardens. That is great. That's really good. You know... It is my goal to start a small garden next year in the spring even if it's just even if it's just a dozen producing plants that's you know what for my area and that's that's at least that's a start and that's what I want to do and that's what I want to do I'm going to do that in the spring I got too much family stuff going on right now to dedicate a lot of time to gardening but you can prepare a lot you can do a lot of food preps even without a garden so this is, about, this is about basic food preps without a garden. That's what this week's about. And I want to talk about shopping, grocery shopping. It's, you know, it's something I've been doing a long time. I know a lot of you guys listening to this show, you leave it up to the women in your life to do the grocery shopping. Can, can I urge something here? Can I, can I be so bold? As to suggest, if you're one of these guys that leaves it up to the lady in your life to do all the grocery shopping, can I urge that you not do that anymore? Uh, in other words, I'm not saying don't go don't go to your wife or your girlfriend and say, "Well, you, you can't grocery shop anymore. I'm I'm going to do all the grocery shopping now." That 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 I guarantee you that's not going to go over very well. Okay, I'm saying get involved. Get involved with it. Get involved and and know what's going on with the grocery shopping. Know how to do it. Know how to do it correctly. Know how to do it to meet the prepping goals that you and your family have. In other words, know what your family consumes on a weekly basis. Know how much it costs. Get involved with that. Go to the grocery shop. Go grocery store. Pay attention. Don't just push the cart around and follow her and let her pick everything out. I mean, I'm not saying go disagree with everything that she wants to buy, but get involved. And guys, you know what? If you're the kind of person that doesn't do much grocery shopping, make it an educational experience the first few times. Go ahead and push the cart, but just learn and just watch. And just approach it from a perspective that you want to be involved. She'll probably appreciate that. If she says, stay away, let me make the decisions, let me do it, fine. Stay away, let her make the decisions, but have a conversation about that later and let her know that you just wish to help. If the roles are reversed, guys, if you're like me and you do a huge amount of grocery shopping in your family... But other people don't. Let them get involved. Let them come along. Let them learn. Let them watch. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a. it should be a family event. If it's not, make it a family event to where people get involved. Other people that are in your family get involved and everybody takes part. So... I think you've all heard the saying, "Store what you eat and eat what you store." Now, I agree with that for the most part, but I have a little bit of a different take on it. Again, just because I'm, I'm, I guess I'm different than most other people out there that uh, that are into prepping. I believe if the stink hits the fan and you've got to dig into your food storage. It depends on whether you got to dig into it short-term or long-term. If you've got to do it short-term, and short-term I consider about a week, you're probably going to eat normally like you eat every day. If it goes to two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks to where you got to live on the food that you have stored, you're probably not going to be eating normally. In other words, you're probably not going to be eating the way you eat all the time. Now, there are a few of you that probably will say, yeah, Bob, you know what? Yes, uh, we, we eat the same all the time. And I think that we could sustain ourselves for a month, two months, three months, maybe even a year. And we'll eat exactly the same way that we're eating now. Okay, yes, there are some of you out there. But I am going to go on, on a limb here and I'm going to make a bet that the vast majority of you probably are not that way. I set goals, and matter of fact, I'm headed to the grocery store right now as I'm talking to you. I set goals that I want to have about, about 30 days worth of normal food storage. And when I say normal food storage, that means that for about a month, the three of us, me and my wife and my son, we can eat and consume what we would eat and consume. For about 30 days. Now, I'm a little light right now, so that's why I'm headed to the store to get stocked up. After about 30 days, it's going to be a little bit different. We're probably not going to eat exactly the same way that we would eat for the first month or so. And that's just me, and that's just where we are. Now, is that ideal? No, probably not. But I'm like all of you. I, I, I keep trying to tell you guys I'm not some kind of a prepping expert and I'm not some kind of a, a person that goes out and teaches classes on this stuff. You're hearing just an everyday guy's point of view who tries to keep his family as well prepared as as possible. And that's probably a lot of you listening to this show, and I am on a budget. I am on a budget li- like uh, pretty much all of you. Uh, and you know, doing these podcasts, I do two podcasts. I do this one here and then I do another podcast called The Handgun World podcast where I it's all about guns and ammunition and things like that and self-defense. These are not my full-time jobs. I'm a sales guy, folks. I'm a sales guy. I've been in sales now. This is my 30th year in sales. I'm in the hotel security industry. I love selling. It's something that, it's something I realized right when I graduated from college that I wanted to do. I wanted to be in sales, and uh, I've been fairly good at it. I've been pretty successful. I've made a pretty healthy living for my family for 30 years now, and I'm, I'm going to do it as long as the good Lord lets me stay alive and do it. And I have been given a second chance in life. Most of you know about my battle with cancer. God brought me through that. And you know what? As a Christian, I really believe that God used doctors and he used medical technology to give me a second chance in life. And I am going to make the best of it. So through the power of Christ, I speak to you today. And I try to motivate you to prepare. And I, I believe that I believe that not only is, is being prepared the right thing to do, I think that we are all obligated to take care of ourselves. I think if you're relying on other people to take care of you, if you're relying on the government, if you're relying on parents, if you're relying on relatives, if you're relying on a brother or a sister to fulfill all of your needs, I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong to put the burden on any of those entities I just talked about. I think it's wrong to put the burden on them. It's biblical to take care of yourself. And even if you're not a man of faith like me, that's okay. If you're not a man of faith like me, I wish you were. But if you're not, I respect your right to either believe or not believe whatever it is that you want. But here's what I'm going to say. At least take care of of yourself, And be ready in case something happens that you're not one of those people that's in a desperate situation when a desperate time arrives. All right? So let me just take a quick break and I'll be back and talk to you about my goals for Common Sense Food Storage as of now. Okay, back with you. So, my philosophy in putting away food is I basically have two different categories. I've got refrigerated and frozen in one category and, of course, non-refrigerated and non-frozen in another. I happen to have two refrigerators and two freezers, so it works out pretty well. However... Common sense says I got to prepare for a power outage. What happens if I can't power my fridges and freezers? And you may say, well, you know, i got a generator for that. But even that, even a generator could be pretty limited. Unless you've really got an expensive generator and you've got to be able to feed the generator. You've got to be able to feed it gasoline or however it is that you're running it. And even that's going to be limited. So you've got to have food storage that does not require refrigeration. And then, of course, there's water storage as well. And I'm going to be picking up some extra water. I like to buy the five-gallon bottles of water that typically go in like an office water cooler and you know those store fairly well as long as you rotate 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 they seem to store pretty well and uh, I'm a big believer in rotating what you got anyway so you know it's not like I want to put one of those away for the next four or five years I won't do that. You know, I like to date them and, and figure out when it is that I put them away. And those are pretty well sealed. Those big plastic bottles are, are pretty well sealed. You can also store water, and as long as you're using a, a little bit of a, ble- a little bit of bleach, you can do that. Or if you don't like to do that, you can uh, you can keep some water pur- purification around. You can also have some water purification tablets. Uh, You know, as long as you've got a way to boil water, you can also purify it first by boiling it and things like that. So there's all kinds of creative ways. You can get on our forum. By the way, we have a good forum, today's Survival Show Forum. Uh, And uh, let's all try to get a little bit more active in that forum. It's a great way to exchange ideas. You can search water storage on the forum. And you can find all kinds of good ways to store water and things like that. But anyway, that's what I do. The vast majority of my food preps are what I would call short term, and short term would be thirty days or less. I've got some food preps that we could live, that we could eat, you know, past thirty days, but not a lot. Here's here's the way I figure it. Okay, until if and when such time that I can live in a place where I can do more growing and raising of animals than I can now. I am probably going to have to prepare more for the short term. Now, can a person buy a year's worth of food storage? Yeah. Yeah, you can buy, you know, you can buy food that has a shelf life of 20 or 25 years or more if you want to make that investment. I look at it economically. What's going to be smarter for me to do right now today? Uh, We got a lot of medical expenses to pay right now too, with with you know with the situation that I've been through, and uh, and my wife's situation, and fighting her uh, terminal illness. We got a lot of medical expenses, so what we need to do is prioritize, and it's kind of hard for me to go drop the kind of money on. A year's worth of food that's going to be able to last and have a shelf life of 20 to 25 years. It's a smart thing to do. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. It's a smart thing to do. And so I'm trying to balance between making that decision or making the decision to pay uh, some medical bills and other things like that as well. We have no credit card debt. We have no automobile Finance debt, and you know, uh, we got a little bit of medical debt, and that's it. And so, you know, again, I'll take debt free because here's the thing here's the thing about modern survivalism, and that is you also have to improve your life right now. You can't just capsulize it and look at it for disaster purposes, you got to improve your life right now. And I believe staying debt-free or as close to debt-free as possible right now is just as important and maybe even more important than storing food that I can put away that's going to last me for two to three. Or that's going to that's gonna let me eat for a year and have a shelf life of 20 to 25 years. Okay? Because that's not cheap to do either. So... That's just kind of the way I look at it. So, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in, for the more than 30 day stuff, I'm a strong believer in canned foods. And, of course, if you can can your own, that's awesome. I'm a strong believer in foods, in anything that does not require refrigeration. You know, I'm a strong believer in pasta, for example. Now... Because I have to eat gluten free i 've got to search out gluten free pasta, but that 's not hard to find anymore. matter of fact, lots of gluten free foods are not hard for me to find anymore but i'm a big i 'm a big fan of you know sources of carbs and protein like that, and some of you might say, "Oh, stay away from those carbs, Bob." I don't eat that way every single day. And I'm talking about, uh, you know, I'm talking about if the stink hits the fan and things are really abnormal for a week to two or three weeks. I think that's the most probable. And I'm a big believer in preparing for the most probable first. And what's more likely to happen is things to be really abnormal for about a week to three weeks. And as you know, I'm also a big believer in bartering. And I'm going to get back into that subject again pretty soon because I have some other ideas on bartering. And you know, bartering is a subject that I, just is not talked about enough. And I really wish it was. I wish that bartering was something that was discussed more in everyday circles, not just modern prepping circles. I'm a big believer in having things that are barterable, that people are going to want that may not have. So that if there is a long-term disaster, a disaster that really lasts a long time, I have a pretty good idea that I can barter a lot of what I have. I have a pretty good sphere of influence of people. And I talked about that in the last show when I played that uh, interview in the last episode that Mexican Joe did a while back with a guy that goes by the call sign Ghost and, and that whole program that whole episode was entitled Why You Should Train and Prepare with a Group of People. So, as long as I've got barterable items, and as long as I've as long as my family and I my family and I can sustain ourselves for I would say thirty to forty five days without having to engage in any bartering and things like that, I would say that probably ninety percent of the disasters that's going to hit me and my family in my area where I live in the United States would probably at least resolve or partially resolve itself. And I'd be good. Now... If we have a total government collapse in this country, if we have a total, as Glenn Tate writes about in his book series, 299 Days. Which, by the way, if you haven't read his books or you need more of his books, you can get them through my Amazon store at todayssurvival.com. You can go to the Amazon store at todayssurvival.com. And you can help me out and support this show by buying anything that you buy from Amazon through my Amazon link, How cool is that? You can support my show without having to spend any extra money because you're gonna you're gonna spend it anyway and you're gonna buy through amazon. so hey how how cool is that, right? Anyway, if it's that kind of a situation where we have a complete collapse and it's permanent, uh, I really believe unless you have a setup to where you've got a bug out location, ...that you can go to and your bug out location is set up for years and years worth of sustainability... ...you're going to be in a world of hurt anyway. That's just kind of my opinion. Now, I could be wrong. Set me straight if I'm wrong. And speaking of setting me straight, there are several ways that you can contact me. Uh, you can leave me a voicemail and you're going to hear a couple of voicemails here coming up pretty soon in this episode that people have called in but you can you can set me straight if you want you can call me in and uh, talk to me by voicemail if you want 210-646-1727 is the phone number I use that voicemail for both shows for this one and the Handgun World Podcast 210-646-1727 so with that in mind let's play the first voicemail
1: Hey, Bob. This is Lonnie from Florida. I'm actually calling for today's survival podcast, and um just want to talk a little bit about – you talk a, a little bit about your Christian faith and uh end times economic collapse, and I just wanted to discuss something with you. Um, I will bring a little bit of uh religion into it, uh the Bible, um, as I know you're a believer also. And something that had me thinking a long time ago is there's no mention of the United States in the end times. If you look at the book of Revelation, uh, no mention of the United States at all. They talk about Israel, surrounding countries, and I always thought that was kind of weird. We're the most powerful nation on earth, and why are we not playing a role uh, in the end times? It could be due to uh, a couple things or a combination. Uh, it could be due to natural disasters. It could be an EMP which actually has occurred uh, in the past. About 150 years ago, there was an EMP. And at the time, it only disabled um, telegraph lines because that, that was the only electronic device uh, in use then. Also, could be an economic collapse. Um, and I think that's probably the way it's going to go. Um, you know, we're building up debt. The um, combination of China starting their own banking system, They're, everybody's pulling away from the dollar, and, uh, you know, we, you just can't keep spending, uh, as we've seen with Greece. Uh, and something that's come to my attention within the past couple of weeks is the Shemitah. I don't know if you have heard about this. Um, it is based on Jewish, uh, it's a, it's a Jewish rabbi, uh, who is primarily the one who is, uh, pushing this. It's base. It's all biblical. He quotes scripture. I've seen it. I actually knew about some of this before I even saw about it. It's based on seven year cycles, and uh, and it's all based on biblical scripture. But anyway, it comes down to there's a a some kind of economic or social collapse every seven years when the shemitah comes. The last one was 2008. We all know and these all occur in occur in the fall, roughly September. As we all know, what happened in uh, the fall of 2008, the uh, downturn in the economy, also the one before that was 2001. That was also one of the biggest downturns in the U.S. economy ever. So the last two have been pretty significant. This one coming up uh, will be in September-ish, and uh, so I I know it sounds like maybe a little bit of tinfoil hat, but – um it, you know, the the recent track record is pretty good. If you go back, he goes back even to the 30s and explains that I know a broken clock can be, uh, right twice a day, but he just presents a lot of arguments that, uh, that are right on spot for every seven years. Hey, Bob, Lonnie again. Um I just want, anyway, I was about wrapped up. Just wanted to mention that to you. I haven't heard you mention it. I don't know if it was a little bit, uh, tinfoil hat for you. And, um, also it does involve, uh, a little bit of the Bible. And you know that, uh, of course the Jews are God's chosen people. Um, and it's, it's, I, it's neat that this is all based on his, his interaction with the Jews. The every seven year cycle, it's all laid out right in the Bible that his relationship with the Jewish people affects the entire, you know, world with this uh, every seven year Shemitah. So anyway, I just want to mention that to you. I know you had not talked on it. I just want to give you my theories on uh, the uh, collapse of the United States, whether it be natural disaster, economic, or some combination thereof. So anyway, thanks, and keep up the good work.
0: Well, thank you for calling that in, Lonnie, and thank you for bringing up a subject that probably a lot of people don't think about. Maybe you don't even know what it is, but Yes, I am aware of the Shemitah, and as a matter of fact, at the time of this recording, the Shemitah has come and gone. And here's what I have to say about that. I think that we all need to be preparing for, you know, we need to be preparing for whatever's going to happen all the time. And these types of things, although I certainly believe in them, and I certainly know that if this country continues on the path that it's on, that we are going to have some issues, and right now we don't seem to be getting off of that path at all. If we get on this path of basically self-destruction, I mean, excuse me, if we stay on the path of self-destruction, because we are on that path. uh, You know, I hate to be, uh, and again, it's not tinfoil haddish, Lonnie. I'm glad you called this in. You know, it's reality, we're on a path on a downward spiral. We are. And people who don't want to admit that, well, you know, that's, that's bad for them. You know, like I say, it's the, it's the old saying about ostriches that stick their ha- head in the sand. An ostrich, you know, they, well, they do it for a different reason. But a lot of people are that way. They, they want to just put their head in the sand, make believe like nothing is going on, nothing can happen. And some of these people you're just not going to be able to reach. And so while I do believe in all this, it's, it's just really hard to predict what's going to happen. It's next to impossible to predict what's going to happen. In my opinion, only God knows. So, I'm glad you brought this up from, this, from the perspective that we need to not live our lives in fear... You know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. So we shouldn't be living in fear, but there's a difference between being prepared and being fearful. As a matter of fact, the more prepared you are, the less fearful you're going to be. You ever notice that? And so, again, it's why I believe in balanced preps. And Lonnie, thanks for calling that in. If you want to call into my voicemail, the number is 210-646-1727, 210-646-1727. I'd Love to hear from you. If you want to call in a question, call in a comment, call in something that tell us about something you've learned, an experience you've been having, so on, and you know, and so forth. I I think that I think that where we're headed, it's going to be economical in nature first it 's going to be an economical disaster, then that 's the most likely where we 're headed at least here in the United States. You know I live here in the united states i don 't have international listeners, so I, but I can only speak for this country. Where we are headed is I really believe that we are headed towards a financial disaster, and again that 's not political you 're going to hear a lot of the political pinheads be you know talking about all the politics stuff that they do over in washington d c and so on, and they 're trying to drum up. Support And some of them are trying to drum up money and things like that. And some of them are running for president right now, trying to raise money for their political campaigns and things like that. This transcends politics. We have a country, and the character of our country has turned away from what got us to be a great country in the first place. And yes, there, I said it, that we, we are a great country, and we have been a greater country than we are now. But it seems like men and women are turning away from what got us here. And even something as simple as preparedness. Even something as simple as storing food, storing water, having some basic tools on hand, carrying emergency kits in your vehicles educating yourself by listening to podcasts and things like this and reading books, even simple things like that that you would think is common sense seems to have vanished with the majority of Americans. Now, on the other hand, we do see preparedness becoming more prevalent. Let me give you an example. I've heard at least two advertisements ...on the radio while driving in my car. Every once in a while I listen to the radio. And I've heard at least two advertisements for emergency food supplies. And I can't remember the companies that advertise it. I just, I'm, I've forgotten. Mainly uh, it's because my, my, my time listening to the radio is actually far smaller than listening to podcasts and things like that. I never used to hear those ads. I never used to hear the ads for emergency food supplies... I mean, I'm talking 15, 20 years ago. I never heard that many ads. Now, they're out there. And let me tell you what, those advertisements wouldn't exist if they didn't work and if they didn't have an audience and if they weren't making sales from it. Look how many different prepping podcasts there are. Even when I first started doing today's survival show six years ago, there weren't as many. Now there's far more. Uh, You know, and it's same with shooting same with uh, with guns and shooting and self defense and things like that when I first started doing that podcast about the same time as I started doing this one pretty close i started pretty started both of them pretty close together. There were never not even as close to as many as there are now now there's tons of them so something is going on there is some kind of an awakening there is some kind of paying attention that people are now doing that they didn't do 15 to 20 years ago, and I think it's good, but I think it also tells you that inside the spirit of man, the spirit of man feels something going on, and we are spiritual beings, and even if you you don't believe this, I'm here to tell you we are a spiritual being. And we can feel something, and people can feel something. And then there are some, and here's the the worst part. There are people who feel something that choose not to admit it. And so with that, I'm going to just go ahead and wrap it up. I'm going to stop it right here. Um, you know, this, I, th- I think I've given you some things to think about, especially on Common Sense Food Storage, but also some other things that might be coming, on, coming up down in the future, down the road. If you'd like to support my podcasts... You notice I don't run a whole bunch of commercials and everything. You can support my podcast by continuing to buy products at my Amazon store. If you go to Amazon and you buy something, use my link. I have a link, and all you have to do is just go to todayssurvival.com, go to my Amazon store, and go through my store first. Then you can sign into your Amazon account. And let Amazon pay me for the For the referral link in there. You don't have to spend any extra money. And if you do want to learn. Some good self-defense techniques. On shooting and uh, handling a handgun effectively. And even handling rifles effectively. uh, The Shooters Club. I have a video membership called The Shooters Club. That you can join for $8 a month. Or $75 a year. And it's exclusive content, password protected. Nobody else can see it except for our Shooters Club members. We're giving away a gun, a bunch of holsters on December 24th and things like that. And discounts on training classes and so forth. So you can, if you're not already a member, you can become a member of the Shooters Club. All you have to do is go to todayssurvival.com. There's two S's in that website address, today's Survival.com. And you can click the page that says support the show, support my show. And that will give you instructions on how to sign up for the Shooters Club. Or like I said, go to the Amazon store. With all that said, I'm Bob Main. Thanks for listening to another episode of today's Survival Show. It's my goal to help you do what you can with what you have, wherever you are. Catch you next time. Goodbye.